0: thank you for traveling with amex platinum to your right you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property when booked through amex travel you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m late checkout that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex
1: warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, three and out podcast. Thursday afternoon. Probably listen to this on a Friday or Saturday. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, you know, usually non-football season, and I, I'd even count training camp, not not with no games, no Thursday night game. You know, I usually record Relatively early, probably early afternoon, but you know, today golf's on. I had some other work to do, pushed it a little later. It's like eight o'clock, but I just made a mistake. I was kind of hungry, ordered pizza. I was like, I'm just gonna have like three pieces. And then I was like, God, I'm still kind of hungry. I have five. And then I was like, God, I am tired. Then I realized, God, I haven't recorded the three and out podcast yet. Holy crap. So I just, I was like, okay, I gotta get the right mindset. Still got a little golf on in the back. Uh, but the pizza, you know, I was like, God, I can use a nap. Well, we got to lock in here. Uh, training camps, full go. Going to talk about something that, uh, about a coach that actually got in a bad motorcycle accident. But it got me thinking of uh, the importance of your assistant coaches o- over the next month. Uh, the top 25 came out. And I, I never put that much stock into the preseason top 25. <clears throat> just because... I mean, so much of it's based on last year, quarterbacks change, coordinators change. We see it all the time. I mean, we know Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, the the main teams will be there. But even on given years, like they could, Alabama has a year where they miss the playoffs. And I, I just think for the last definitely four or five years, the same teams are top five every year. And for the most part, you know, the same teams are making the playoffs, but once you get past, like, five or six, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, Texas, Notre Dame, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But it's a big year with no, you know, none of these non-conference games. I mean, a big reason Oregon was not in the playoffs last year, and they were, the way they finished, they were playing as well as, you know, a top four team, but they lost that opening game to Auburn. And that, that, that game for the Pac-12, like, this is a big moment for the Pac-12. Especially for Oregon. They should run the table. It's going to be hard for the SEC to run the table. You know, LSU is going to be a shell of themselves. And when I say that, relative to last year, probably still win nine games. Alabama's replacing Tua. I think Georgia and Florida are going to be pretty good. But it's, I'll be a little shocked if we get an undefeated SEC team. But we'll we'll dive into all that and then a bunch of NFL stories. And then, of course, at uh, John Middlecoff is the Middlecoff mailbag? That's the Instagram account. Go follow that bad boy at John Middlecoff is the Instagram account. DMs wide open. You can fire a question in there and we answer them here on the podcast. You guys have been listening for a while. Know the drill. Also, I'd greatly appreciate, go to iTunes. That's where you listen. Subscribe to the podcast. I know a lot of you guys listen to Collins feed. Leave a review. Helps rate the podcast. Helps it get high in the ratings. Helps advertisers. Sometimes people leave me DMs like, Middlecoff. Remember that, uh, the Mexican company Goya that like Trump supported. It became a big political thing. Like I saw someone left a review. I can't believe that you had Goya advertise on your show. I will not be listening anymore. One, I don't run the advertisers. Two, I listen, I'm a businessman. If I did, I would take money from anybody. I know when the political ads were running, it was like, I can't believe. Again, I don't run advertising, but if I did, I'll take anyone's money. Take Bernie Sanders' money, I take Donald Trump's money, I take Goya's money, I take Facebook's money, I'm trying to run a business here. But if you're mad at my advertisers, don't yell at me. I have nothing to do with it. Okay, let's get into something that I saw actually didn't see it. I heard it. On Michael Lombardi's podcast. And he mentioned that Howard Mudd, the famous offensive line coach, got into a bad, bad motorcycle accident. And he's in critical condition. And this was on like Tuesday. I googled it like less than 24 hours ago, said he was in bad shape, he'd had multiple surgeries, who knows, and he's 78 years old, riding a Harley in Seattle, I don't know the details of the accident, clearly not good, and when I was in Philadelphia, my second and third year, he was our offensive line coach, and just, I want to first stop by saying that when you google Howard Mudd, it doesn't just call him one of the best offensive line coaches ever it calls him arguably the best assistant coach ever. Like this guy is just known for making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. And I saw him do that with his own hands. When I got to Philly, or excuse me, when he got to Philly, I'd already been there a year, he was the guy who was big on drafting Kelsey, who's become one of the best centers of the last decade. And a big reason we got him, I think, in the fifth or sixth round. I think it's sixth. And he just made a living off guys like that, undersized, undervalued. Kyle DeVan, who and, and forever he did it in, in Indianapolis because Peyton was making so much money. They were paying every, you know the top guys so much money. They had to get cheap offensive linemen, especially guards and centers. And he could really coach up that position. Really, really, he did it with Evan Mathis, obviously Kelsey. I thought he kind of took uh, Jason Peters to a whole nother level made him like one of the best non-quarterbacks in the entire league, he was elite. Like he was absolutely elite. And just on a personal note, he was awesome to me and some of the younger scouts. He's the guy that taught me when I, because I remember during the draft process, your coaches play a big role that, you, you know, you take lists to every coach, right? So your offensive line coach, when you're you know, a scouting assistant or the lowest guy on the totem pole, you're constantly going around the office and handing them lists and getting their grades and kind of helping organize everything to give to the GM and the coach and just kind of keep it all under one roof. But it's your job to kind of make sure they're all coordinated. And I remember one time saying, we were just talking about a player, him and Jim Washburn, who actually were friends, it was insane. We hired him and Jim Washburn. You know, Washburn is one of the better defensive line coaches they used to, like, fight on the field and, like, scream at each other. And I don't know how Washburn's got to be now, like, 75. Howard's 78. Even at the time, one guy's in his late 60s, that guy in his late 70s. I mean, these guys are nuts. I mean, it was this kid from California. Like, I had been in the NFL for a year, but watching these guys scream, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was wild. But that's why they're good. Like, that's why I say this all the time. Like, football is not like normal society. It's a highly contentious environment. Practice, coaches, players. We're not even talking about the games on Sunday. I'm just talking about like some random practice in the middle of August with the coaches on your own staff about to fight each other. These two old men. It's, it's, it's awesome. No one missed O-line, D-line when those two guys were around. But I'll never forget Howard because I was like, yeah, I don't really like this guy. I think he's much more of a right tackle. And he looks at me. Again, even at the time, I knew he was really famous. He's the old guy with the beard that was always there with Peyton Manning. And he goes, what the fuck does that mean? like, what do you mean? He's just not as good of an athlete. He can't play left tackle. He's like, what about when I play you? And I got Robert Mathis on one side. At the time, they were, you know, I was going to say like $20 million players, but they were probably making like 10. And I got Dwight Freeney on the other side. So you're going to have some stiff at right tackle? I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And I started thinking like, Yeah, he's kind of right. And then as, like, the last five or six years, when I was around Khalil Mack, where'd Khalil Mack line up? Over the right tackle. Where did... Where where does Von Miller line up a lot? Over the right tackle. Last year, Nick Bosa lined up a lot. Over the right tackle. And you see it all over the league. Like, a lot of good players now line up over the right tackle. Your right tackle can't just be a stiff, and I never really thought about it like that. And Howard was awesome to deal with, but... And I, I hope he makes it through. And he's just—he's a crazy old SOB who was a lead at his job. And th- there was a reason that top position coaches in the NFL, I'm not talking coordinators, where I think 32 D- DCs last year made a million, over a m- made seven figures. I mean, some made like two and three. And I think 30 of the 32 offensive coordinators made over seven figures. There are several offensive line coaches in the league that make seven figures, and the best ones are worth it just like an elite DB coach is worth it, elite quarterback coach is worth it. In this time of the coronavirus and the way the practices are going to be, they're not even putting on pads for like another 10 days. All they're doing right now is walkthroughs, and they didn't even have an season. Your position coaches are going to be so valuable right now. The ability, what, what I remember Howard Mudd, he was smart, man. He really could... Talk to these guys, and obviously coach their ass up on the field, but his ability to interact with them on a one-on-one level was really, really high level. And obviously, as a, like a talent, his ability to get the most out of guys that had no business, you know, being obviously Kelsey has turned into a elite player. But there was a reason he was a six-round pick; like he was two hundred eighty pounds, and even his first couple of years, like, and, and you know what about Howard? He was our starter week one, his rookie year, like 290 pounds. I can't remember the guy's name, but we cut out of camp because Kelsey was going to start at center. He's been a starter ever since. <laughs> the only two games they ever missed when he's hurt. And his ability to to make guys even better, and I bet Kelsey would tell you to this day, like that. and obviously they have a really, really good offensive line coach now, but your position coaches around the league, in this weird time are going to earn their money and listen coaches won't like to hear this and i know some listen to this and and most that listen to this are highly paid for a reason they're elite (laughs) like i'm lucky some of my people that i know in this business are really really good are elite coaches i've also been around some bad ones and there are a lot of coaches in the league not you know if you're an offensive line coach in the league you make seven eight hundred thousand dollars well just because you're an offensive line coach in the league doesn't mean you're good And I I think what's really going to separate teams, beside, and I I forget who said this, Richard Sherman or J.J. Watt, or I can't remember who said it, but who said it? Joey Bosa actually said it. He said he thought the team that was going to be the most successful in 2020 was going to be the team that had the most discipline, meaning players would be really disciplined, right? And take this really seriously. Go home not subject themselves to any added risk. Because a failure, a test, you're going to miss games. Whether you're Patrick Mahomes or, you know, the last guy on the roster. It's just a reality. I I think one of the biggest advantages this year, though, like, won't just be your play caller and your coordinators, but it's going to be your position coaches. Because I I think this year is going to be really mental. You're not going to be able to practice as much it's going to be a lot of just games and teaching off those games and making corrections off those games. The teams with the best coaching staffs are really going to separate themselves. It's why when people people think I'm like an Arizona Cardinal hater, I just don't believe in Kingsbury and that staff. I just look at Cliff and go, he never won anything. And I hate his defensive coordinator. So I don't like them to win. I definitely don't like them to win in this environment. And sometimes new staffs, I think it's going to be difficult. These staffs that holdovers, that have just loaded staffs, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Niners kept everybody, Seattle's had the same crew, The even the Eagles, they've had the same crew for a while. The advantage they're going to have, they were already good, right? I mean, we're talking playoff teams. They're going to have a big, big advantage. You know, like Sean McVay has a new defensive coordinator. Like that's that's a huge jump. I'm looking at staffs that didn't have any turnover. Wink Martindale, Greg Roman, no turnover. Andy Reid, Steve Smagnola. the big the big I forget his name, but the def- the special teams coach from the Chicago Bears, who's one of the best in the league. Chiefs guy, sorry, I, I just too lazy to Google it right now, but you know who I'm talking about. And they, like those guys are elite teachers. Kyle Shanahan, uh. Robert Sala,
0: there's no turnover. He didn't lose anyone from his staff beside a DB coach. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board, they help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users? j-o-h-n that's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free terms and conditions apply ebay motors is here for the ride you know what i remember about my first car is that the moment i got it i wanted to improve it because like most 16 year old kids you don't exactly get a luxury automobile so you look at it you go well i need to add some speakers i need to tint out the windows
2: Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: So it's just, it's a big, big advantage, and, and the teams with the best coordinators and definitely position coaches are going to be able to separate themselves in this time where practice is- I don't even know if these are going to be real practices. Let alone once the season starts. I, it's it's going to be, there might be a time when a star player gets Corona and you just want to do walkthroughs to avoid it. It's going to be weird. And you're going to want guys like, obviously there are only so many Howard Muds in league history, but the, the teams with like two or three position coaches that are going to be future coordinators are going to
0: have a massive advantage come the fall. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
1: Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
2: apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
1: Okay, let's dive into college football. I actually saw a funny story that uh, that there was a coach for Ohio State. It must have gone on Twitter or Instagram. Was on the field with the linebackers. The Big Ten had a conference call, so all the coaches were on it. Harbaugh calls out Ryan Day about his team not following the rules. Ryan Day snaps back at Harbaugh on the call telling him, how about you worry about your team, I'll worry about mine. Then I guess a day later, Ryan Day in the meeting with Ohio State in a team meeting tells him that they plan on dropping 100 this fall. And in fairness to Ryan Day, he might be able to because Michigan hasn't been very good. But I saw the top 25 coaches poll came out. Your usual suspects, Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Penn State, Florida, Oregon, Notre Dame same teams. I don't put much stock in the top 25, but like I said earlier, the elite teams tend to be pretty elite, you know, and this year's going to be a little weird because the non-conference games, for example, Oregon was going to play Ohio State week two. I was actually going to go to that game, which sucks because I was actually, I hadn't been to a big college football game in a long time. That game would have been awesome, but it doesn't happen. And one of the biggest reasons Oregon didn't make the college football playoff last year is because they lost to Auburn in week one where they had a pretty commanding lead. They win that game, they're in. They would have been in over Oklahoma. Now here's the thing. I live out on the West Coast, but everyone I know that watches college football, we've all come to grips. Like the Pac-12 and really the, the ACC minus Clemson has kind of fallen off. And right now there are... There are two big dogs, right? There are the SEC, which is in a completely different level. And when people out West, even Pac-12, people that for the network try to argue, it's just bullshit. The SEC is producing way more NFL players. I, I don't care. Like, oh, what about their bad teams? Well, their bad teams are better than our bad teams. And their good teams are way better than the good teams out here. You could You could argue the same thing for the Big 12. But I'd say Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State... I'd say the Big 12 is clearly the number three conference. But the SEC and the Big 10 have separated themselves. And it's going to be hard. When you play in a stacked conference, it's very, very difficult to run the table. It's going to be hard for Alabama to to run the table. you got to play LSU. you got to play Auburn. you got to play Texas a and I have to look and see if they're playing Georgia. Georgia and Florida are really good this year. And just random games, like I get Mississippi State and Ole Miss are down, but it's the SEC. I bet Ole Miss has 10 NFL players on their roster. Arizona, for example, might not have one. So, like, when Oregon plays Arizona, you shouldn't lose that game. Where when, you know, Alabama, if you're just overlooking them, it's not crazy to be, like, down at halftime. I also think Ohio State and the Big Ten, it's just hard to beat Wisconsin, beat Penn State. Obviously, it's not that hard for Ohio State to beat Michigan, but just... Eventually, you take so many swings against teams that are legitimately top 15 teams, you might get beat. Now, this year, I I do think in college, home field matters probably more. The travel, young kids, maturity, immaturity, a little different than the pros. The pros is really more about noise. In college, the noise obviously plays a factor, but it's more about just being focused on the road, getting in your study, getting in your work during the week. Do you know the game plan? There's a lot of moving parts. In the NFL, like, when you travel, you're ready. Now, it might be hard to play at the Saints or at Kansas City, but you're ready for your game plan. In college, it can be hit or miss, especially if you're dependent on a freshman. So maybe the no fans equals out some of the craziness a little bit, but I don't care if Penn State and Ohio State or Penn State and Wisconsin or Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, LSU, are on neutral fields. Like, it's a coin flip game. And this is where I think is a huge advantage for Oregon who to me is clearly the best team out West, they have no excuse to not run the table this year. I know they're breaking in a new quarterback, though people have told me they thought he had a chance to even be better than Justin Herbert. We hear that a lot in college, right? But I think it's fair to say that Oregon recruits as well as, I mean, better than any team out West, but they recruit like a big boy. They recruit like an SEC, like a Big Ten team. And the Pac-10, the Pac-12 has been on the outside looking in since the playoff started for a reason. They, they, they have not consistently taken care of business. And they've lost some big non-conference games. Where, say what you want, Alabama may avoid it. I, I give Alabama a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Because every year I know they're playing LSU. And every year I know they're playing Auburn. Like, every year Oregon's playing Washington? <laughs> like, it's just not the same. You know, and you, I would say for until Georgia and Florida these last couple years got much better to change that side of the conference. It looks like Tennessee's on the come up. And ever since Urban got to the Big Ten, Wisconsin took a big step. Penn State now under James Franklin's taking a big step. And listen, I, I know Harbaugh's much maligned, but they're producing a ton of NFL guys and they're winning nine, ten games every year. And they're underachieving. It shows you how high the bar is. They need to find a quarterback. But to me, there's no excuse for the Pac-12 to not be in the playoffs this year, assuming the season plays out. Now, it's going to be complicated. It's going to be difficult. It's it's going to be much easier to maintain a level of discipline in the pros than it is in college. I don't blame college kids for being immature. I was one. I'm sure many people listening, you were too. You're not. In the SEC, they pay you. Big Ten, they probably pay you too. You know, if, if you're at certain schools, like, you're not getting paid. You're like, whatever. What am I doing? Like, this sucks. No fans. It's not the same juice. So I understand, like, them going out to a party, them chasing girls, them doing stupid shit and putting the team at risk. Like, it's it's going to happen. And there's nothing really college can do about it. Or it's much easier in the NFL. If I catch you out when you're not supposed to be out, I'm going to cut you. You're gone. We're packing up your stuff. It's harder to do that in college, especially if it's like, a five-star guy you don't want to get rid of. Now, you could push back and say, well, John, they're not going to cut a first-round pick. True. But, you know, he'll get yelled at. I guess, you know, <laughs> that's why it's good to be a first-round pick. You're kind of cut-proof. I, it wouldn't shock me, though, to see... Uh, second round, probably not either. Third round, I can see a third-rounder getting cut. I'll promise you this. In the month of September, we're going to have several corona cuts of just late-round draft picks that make the team do stupid things and get cut. In college, I don't... You already saw Louisville had a big, you know, outbreak because a bunch of guys went to a party. And it's easy to be like, oh, of course, you know, you can't go to parties. I I think it's hard to be disciplined because these guys are naturally disciplined. You have to be disciplined to play football.
2: You
1: you get there really early, stay late, training camps a month. It's a grind. To be a college football player, you are, when I see, oh, you got to take discipline. They already are really disciplined. You're asking them to be like out of this world. And I, it's, it's gonna be difficult. But if they're able to pull it off, I think the SEC will because they won't care. I think the Big Ten will attempt to push it too. Pac twelve with Pac twelve United, though. I mean, I don't see many kids opting out, but who knows? Unlike the NFL, you can kind of opt out whenever you want or quit, and they can't take your scholarship away. So it's a little more complicated in that sense. That like you could just lose a player like week two in the, in you know, in college football. Technically, you could in the NFL too, but you wouldn't get paid or anything. Uh, and probably a big reason that no star players opted out, right? I mean, at the end of the day, who was the most famous guy to opt out? Dante Hightower? Dante Hightower. It was like, Tredavious White's gonna opt in. He's playing, <laughs> right? Star Lutolole? I could never say his name, even though I evaluated him coming out. Like, he opted out. You know what they did? They gave his money immediately to Stephon Diggs. So I don't think Sean McDermott lost much sleep over that. Uh, but in college, like, all it takes is... Some sweet player to opt out. Maybe his buddies do, too. And they're like, let's just wait till next year. It could get weird. But if it doesn't get weird, Oregon better make the playoffs this year. Okay, let's bang out. uh, Just some stories from around the league. First one, kind of funny. I mean, it's a serious story, but it it turns out people making fun of it on social media. I also kind of like the idea. John Gruden faked having Corona. His special teams coach... Rich Spashashia, I can never say his last name, but he's assistant head coach, really good special teams coach. They brought him from Dallas. I just call him Rich. And, I mean, he's a really good special teams coach. They open up their team meeting on Zoom, because I think what some of these teams are doing, Gruden said they haven't even had a team meeting yet in in a room together. They've had separate, like, group meetings, but they have these their team meeting. I think they send guys home, and then they do Zooms. Like, this Corona thing is really complicated. But they get on the team meeting, and the Zoom is rich, special teams coach. And he says John Gruden has corona, and he's headed to the hospital. And everyone freaks. Now, headed to the hospital, they probably didn't need to add. They should have just said he has corona. He's not going to be around. And the then I think 15 minutes later, John Gruden shows up and starts talking and just shows, like, the severity of this. At any moment, someone go down. I don't think it's crazy, and I actually, we were just talking about this on my other podcast, from hey, Middlecoff, subscribe to that one as well that Drew Brees, like if I was Sean Payton, I would work with Drew Brees and be like, one day when we come out for a walkthrough or practice, we're going to hide you and just pretend you have corona. Because I think you're going to have to do things like that to really hammer home, like the veteran guys aren't going to need it, but younger players, to see the severity of this, we can't afford you guys screwing around. This is too serious. We got too much on the line. I love the idea by John Gruden. Now said he's headed to the hospital. I mean, maybe you got to hammer that up point home, but I, I I I like that. I I think that's kind of thinking outside the box. But I also saw someone on Twitter was like, "That's exactly what Michael Scott would do." So you, you could argue Gruden has a little Michael Scott. Stefan Diggs, I mentioned this earlier, but got the money that Star who opted out, they gave him a five and a half million dollar bonus that he was owed. I think in two years he's getting off your books. Smart move. If I had players that were opting out in huge cap space, I would pay players that I had on longer term contracts that I could front load more money. So I didn't have to worry about it in 2021 or 2022, especially because we don't know what the cap's going to be. It's all a huge question mark right now what the money is going to be like. Uh, The Chiefs third rounder, a kid from TCU, opted out offensive tackle. I think he was going to maybe they were going to try him out at, at interior offensive line because their guard who also opted out. So they've had a couple offensive linemen opt out. Now, that's never ideal. Now, their core guys, I would say, are their two tackles. but And their center and guard aren't great anyway. And that is the one position that I always think you can get by with, with undrafted free agents, later round picks. But they, they like this guy, and I think he's a future tackle for them. Now, obviously not this year. This actually benefits them as well, because like, his contract starts year one next year. So you basically just get an extra third-round pick. Now, I know that doesn't help him in 2020, but I I don't think it's a total killer. One thing I saw Derek Carr said, that he's tired of being disrespected, Uh, I'm a believer that that message is coming from Gruden and Mayock. Like, start taking a little pride in everyone talking shit about you. And stop taking it. Because we're tired of hearing it. Now, I think part of it is like, Derek, you need to play better. Like, I, I don't think the disrespect from NFL analysts and you know just people that follow football most fans I think would say that Derek's not very good I'd say Derek you have brought some of that on yourself you haven't been that good the last three years and I know he mentioned that he was as good last year as he was the year that he almost won the MVP that year that he got hurt like I'm sorry I watched every snap that season in 2016 and I watched a large majority of him last year and it's just bullshit now you might be smarter you might have a better understanding of what's going on but you were a better player then it's not even arguable. I know I saw it. So you you just need to make more plays. Like you make plays, you guys will win more and everyone will shut up. But I'm just you don't need to say anything. Just just make some plays. Just no more talking. Certain guys just just make plays. You're paid a lot of money to make plays. Uh Austin Hooper stayed with Baker Mayfield this year or this off season, went to Austin, spent some time with him. I guess not just off season. I mean it's been the corona season. Is when you look at Baker Mayfield, I, I do think he's taken his his you know physical fitness much more serious. I thought last year he got really fat, and you can't be short, unathletic, and fat. Like it doesn't no, doesn't work that way. Like Drew Brees, you know, not a great athlete, not that tall, but he's always in pristine shape. Like Baker, you, you gotta work every advantage possible. Like me, like I, my metabolism at thirty five is not great anymore. I can't afford to just eat cupcakes, ice cream, and pizza and hamburgers. Though I love everything I just listed. I gotta change. Like, Baker, you are what you are. You know? You are not some supreme athlete in a league full of freaks. You're in the lower end of athletes. Like, the bottom 10%. So you better look for every advantage. And you know what? I'll tip my hat to you. You clearly did this offseason. In a weird time. You made an effort. Now it's just time to play better. But I, I, you know, it, it seems like he's doing everything he can in his control, which I'll tip my hat to him. I love Baker Mayfield coming out. I thought he had a chance to be, you know, the next Drew Brees. But part of what really makes Drew Brees is upstairs. His maturity, discipline, and drive are unmatched. They're like Brady, Peyton Manning. The dude's a lunatic in a good way. Like, you can't be lazy party guy. You can be lazy party guy, and I'm not saying this guy is, if you're Saquon Barkley. And you're just like, yeah, I'm the biggest freak on the field. You can you can get by with that. Like, those type just freaks. At least early on in your professional career in, in pro sports. You can't, it's hard to maintain it, like in your late 20s, early 30s. But 21, 22, 23, 24, you, you can screw around a little bit. You have room for error. But if you're not a great athlete, you have to maximize everything that you can control to your advantage. So I think Baker, that's a huge step for him this year, is being really focused. Hollywood Brown, Marquise, the guy they drafted two years ago, the Baltimore Ravens in the first round from Oklahoma. One thing I always heard about people that went through the uh, through Oklahoma is that he was like a buck fifty five soaking wet. I guess he's added twenty three pounds. He weighs one hundred eighty pounds. Should make him more durable. The the one key with him, his point of difference is speed. I can live with him being one sixty five, one seventy. Deshaun Jackson in his prime wasn't. 190 pounds, like, no one can catch you. Like, to me, I, I got no problem adding the weight as long as the speed maintains. 23, like, if, if he's slower, then we've taken a step back. So we, we need to find the right weight to maintain the elite speed. And whatever the most you can weigh to maintain that weight, that elite speed, that's where we cut the, that's where we draw a line. Because you were drafting the first round to fly by guys. Now, I'm not saying he's slow now, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Deion Jordan signed with the 49ers. What could have been? I'm telling you, I, I I was doing the West Coast at the time. Dude was a freak show at Oregon. Absolute freak show. They also had these two guys. It was like, who's uh those two six foot seven guys? It's like, oh, that's that's DeForest Buckner and that's Eric Armstead. Like, God, what what year are those guys? Uh, that guy's a true freshman, and yeah, that guy's a true freshman. Those guys are freshmen, and Deion, I mean, Deion was way better than those guys, his junior or senior year and those guys' freshman year. But it was clear they were all just major freaks. Now DeForest now makes twenty one million a year. Eric Armstead makes seventeen and resurrected his career these last couple years. And Dion just kind of fell off. Of you know, I just Miami drafted him. He was a three four outside linebacker. They ran a four three. It was a terrible fit. He clearly had some maturity issues. He had some. He had had issues early on in his college career with just substances and clearly turned it around and became a straight-laced guy, and then he got to the NFL, and it felt like he started getting suspended again. I, You know, I, I'm not putting much stock into this, but clearly, you know, wh- he's just a physical anomaly. It's where a guy like that, like, gets, he's going to have a six, seven-year career even when it was a quote-unquote bust because he was, I think he was the third pick in the draft, maybe the fourth. Yeah, I think he was the third.
0: But uh, man, what could have been with that guy?
2: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should
1: be warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco i want to tell you about an american-made success story in black buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches black buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by big tobacco They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor? Full pouches. Okay, let's dive into this thing we like to call the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff, Instagram handle. Got an Insta, give me a follow. Shoot in the DMs. Wide open. I hang out there sometimes and just talk on stories. But uh, let's fire through some questions. On your show on Tuesday, you mentioned how it would be really difficult to analyze rookies. It's time consuming to go through all the first and second round picks. But what players do you think are best equipped to handle this weird offseason and hit the ground running coming week one. Well, I'd say the defensive linemen are gonna have an advantage as long as they're in shape. Chase Young, Kinlaw, uh is it Chase on? I think the Jags took. Who knows what's gonna happen to Yannick? I'm just I don't have the draft pulled up. I'm just thinking off my head. Because defensive linemen, while there is a you know, it's tough, right? I mean, those guys. One guy's coming from Ohio State, one guy's coming from LSU, and the other guy's coming from South Carolina. But the SEC is, at the end of the day, if you're an if you're an edge rusher like Chase on or like like Chase Young, when the ball snaps, you try to get the quarterback. And the easiest thing, I mean, Chase Young is gonna be a full time starter, but it's easier to put the other guys in like pass rushing situations and put them in situations that are conducive to success. You line up over the guard, Javon Kinlaw, and you go up the A-gap <laughs> as hard as you can, especially for the Niners. Like, that's pretty easy. I'd say the positions that will be kind of hard, like the linebacker Seattle took, the linebacker, and I like Kenneth Murray, that did uh, the Chargers, I'm just call him San Diego, the Chargers took, Queen, Did is that the who the Ravens took? When you draft a linebacker, like, you got to know a lot of stuff. You have to know what everyone's responsibility is you have to know everyone's gap. You have to know then in the passing game, especially all those guys that are going to be, you know, playing the passing game, especially Queen and Kenneth Murray, the coverages, where you go, man concepts, zone concepts. That's tough. The safeties is going to be it's a hard position. Uh I'd say the wide receivers in theory is going to be really difficult. But you can dumb it down. Like, if I got Henry Ruggs, just give him, you know, a base of place like the first couple weeks. I, I think, you know, players like that, you're just going to have to give place, right? Because it's hard to give them the whole playbook, you know, in a, in a 15, you know, 14 padded practice. I think the quarterbacks, you know, Joe Burrow, Tua, I mean, Herbert's not the starter. I think Tua will end up starting, kind of feels like that, just reading some things out of Miami and just hearing different people talk. But think about Joe Burrow. You know, I, that's, you're asking those, that, that's a really, really difficult. I, I think it's really hard for like everyone except defensive linemen. I'm not saying it's easy for defensive linemen. It's not easy for any of these positions. But defensive lineman is the most basic on, if you just throw a guy in on third and seven, go in there. <laughs> Line up, you know, outside the, right tackle, shoulder, and kick his ass and bring it. You know, and, and the Niners, for example, is a pretty basic scheme, just one gap. I think it's going to be hard for the wide receivers. Unless you could just, like, Rager, uh, I would say Ruggs, who are the speed guys? Brandon Ayuk. but they're going to ask him probably to do a little more because Debo's her, you can just give, like, two or three plays and routes. You're going to run goes, you're going to run posts, and we're going to give you an end around, stuff like that early on where you're not giving them like jerry judy when i draft jerry judy i want jerry judy to run every route like when i think jerry judy what do i think dude runs every route in the route tree i want him running goes outs posts ends skinny posts drags <laughs> option routes i want him doing the whole thing but how does he know the whole offense especially when we're implementing a new offense it's just it's just difficult you know tackles the, the protection sliding that's that's hard. Think how many offensive tackles went in the first, like, 15 picks? Those guys have to learn the entire passing game, and all those guys are starters. It's like the, the big guy from Louisville, Becton. It's like, you got to know everything, and you're protecting my franchise quarterback, who we drafted three, two years ago, and we need to start playing well. That's a lot of pressure. I, I think it's hard. The more I talking it out, it's really hard. You could say, if you just have a man scheme, and you just ask your corner to cover the guy, man. Now, it's hard to play NFL corner, So, that just by itself in a vacuum, just chasing guys on the outside is really difficult, especially how many talented wide receivers are in the NFL. Like, there are by far more talented wide receivers top to bottom probably right now in the history of the NFL. From just like if you just went like one to like guy 30. Now, like at given times, like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, whatever, might be better than Julio, right? Or whatever. But guy 12 right now in the NFL is better than guy 12 in like the 90s. I, I feel pretty confident about that. You're way deeper. But it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to play corner when you got to know, like, you're not just playing man. You're usually playing a bunch of different coverages, and you got to know the cover. It's just hard. I, the more I talk it out, it's, it's hard for every rookie. It's a good question, though. I like that one. Why do you think Andy Reid is so good with troubled players? uh I'd say a couple things. I'd say first and foremost, he's a very real human being. uh he, He's not a yeller and a screamer though I mean he can be on you I think he's just easy to deal with now this is the big leagues right if you screw up he can just cut you but when he takes in a troubled player like he's laying it on the like he's telling you like this is your last chance whatever their conversation is one-on-one but it's pretty obvious where you're at he's not going to hold your hand every day but if you need something he's there so if you want to talk to him talk to him he's a very accessible coach Sometimes I think, I, I, I don't know this, I've never been around him, but I think sometimes people feel like Belichick is kind of unaccessible, even to players. Maybe that's true or not, I don't know. I mean, he has enough success with his players. But he has, When's the last time he really messed with a troubled guy? A.B., but he lasted like a week. <clears throat> I, I just think Andy's really good with people. And I'd say, too, he does a good job. Like, they pay pretty good leaders, typically. Like, in Philly Forever, it was Jeremiah Trotter. It was Brian Dawkins. <clears throat> you know, when I got there, we actually had a little void. Like, who were our leaders? Like, Selleck. I think Kelsey was just so young, he, he would have easily been one. But we kind of had a void. and That's, I think, why the team kind of fractured. And then once he got to Kansas City, it's like he had Tom Bali. He had Eric Berry. He just had pretty high-level guys. And then, he, obviously, Alex, who was a really, really high-level guy. And then, you know, from Alex to Mahomes, who's just a unique unicorn outlier, the last year they signed Honey Badger. They just they get pretty solid guys. You know, I got Mitchell Schwartz and and uh and Eric Fisher. I don't know about their leadership styles, but they just some of their core starters are usually just, you know, high level guys. So it's like you don't really screw around. You know? I I, I think Sometimes in the pros, people overthink, like micromanaging, holding guys' hands. Like, guys are 25, 26 years old. And once you establish with legit leaders, people usually follow. Most humans are followers. But you got to give them the right person to follow. You know, and I think a lot of shitty teams, and you could argue just bad organizations in America, right, just any business, if you have bad people to follow, you're going to fail. When you have good people to follow, you usually turn out okay. I think for the most part, he does a good job of balancing, like not having too many idiots on the squad. But you can get by with a couple guys that are if they're good enough. People understand that. It's Bad teams have guys that aren't good enough and act like idiots. I, I can live with a pro bowler being a little bit of an idiot. Players get it. Like this is a production league. And if you produce, like we might not like it. Not like we, me, but just players. I'm just speaking for them. But like if the dude's a baller or a pro bowler I, I get it. But I can't have some dude like is this guy even that good and he's a big pain in the ass? Like that that can't happen. And I think bad teams do that and good coaches never do. That they only give, you know, quote-unquote troubled guys that are legit. Lions fan here, parentheses unfortunately. Are the Lions woes a front office issue? Or is the dying city the issue, or both? I didn't know the city was dying. Is Detroit in some in some issues, some problems? Uh, I, I I'm not trying to be ignorant or naive. I'm just not keeping up with Detroit, to be honest with you. You know, I, I don't. I've never met anyone I think that works for the Lions. I don't know anyone that works for the Lions. I don't think that highly of Patricia. I mean, I, I just think he's a dog trash coach. He's terrible. I mean, you you couldn't. I, I can't imagine being a fan. And having Matt Patricia be my coach, I would not like football. When I got to college, I'm not like I I, I root for the Niners now more for business. Like I, I I was rooting for Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. You know, now I grew up a diehard Niners fan, but like when they got Mike Nolan, when they fired Mariucci and got Mike Nolan in the mid 2000s, like I stopped caring about the Niners. I, I wouldn't call myself a fair weather fan. But like I'm a diehard San Francisco Giants fan, I, I will not watch Gabe Kapler coach my team, so I'm just I'm out on him. But I I like baseball, like I, I follow the Yankees. I'm watching the A's. I, I don't I, I don't watch like I I get it. And listen, I'm not like everybody, and maybe it's my I have high standards. Like I when I grew up, the Niners were like competing to win championships. My first like big football memory was when I was like ten. I watched Super Bowl, but I I don't do like like Jim Tom Sula. I was out. Chip Kelly, when he came, I was out. You know, I, I just don't do it. I don't have the time. I'd rather talk about your teams with good coaches or your bad coaches. But I, I think Matt Patricia is just like a creation of Belichick's. Where I, I don't know if he's any good. What was he really doing? And the pencil and the whole, like, it's just a joke. Practicing outside to get toughness. Like, bro, you play in a dome. Bob Quinn, I mean, is that guy a good GM? I, I, I think he's terrible. The safety traded last year is Diggs to Seattle, immediately becomes a stud. I remember going to the Monday night game. That guy was just laying out Niners left and right. I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, Ronnie Lott? He's just crushing people. It's like, I love this guy. Google it. I'm like, oh, this is the guy that the Lions traded him? What? Now they got him and Jamal Adams? Like, they're going to have a physical ass secondary. I'll promise you that. Pete Carroll's, I mean,. P. Carroll gets excited when he thinks about dudes getting crushed by his safeties. He loves that. He loves his DBs to hit, which I do too. As a, as a football, you know what I like in football. I like big hitters. Now, obviously it's changed. You know, the day and age of just knocking people out with flags, stuff are different, but you can still play like Jamal Adams. Like tr- try to run a sweep at Richard Sherman. He'll light your ass. I appreciate DBs that hit. And I don't know how I got away. Oh, there's lions because they traded a guy. I just don't know I just don't think they have any clue what they're doing and you go well why would they you go one what was their head coach really doing for New England not that much two what was their GM doing when he worked for New England clearly not that much because he doesn't know what he was doing Belichick wasn't listening to that guy and I I think there's got to be just some toxicity in that organization they always lose and I'm not trying to talk shit about your team like I'm just trying to be real here the best two players in the history of the franchise, or at least in my lifetime, I'm 35, about to be 36, feel I'm getting old, is that they both retired at like 30 years old. Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, they said, I quit. I, and I understand Calvin had injuries, but he just quit. He said, I, I can't take it anymore. And and really, no one blames either one, you know? It's, no one blames either one. We're like, yeah, I probably would have quit too. That sucks. I wouldn't want to play there. It might be the Fords. I, you know, they're... I don't know. Maybe Ford peaked. My brother actually has an expedition. So is my my cousin. They says he loves them. I actually think Fords. They make great trucks. They make great SUVs. I just don't think they make a pretty good product. I don't, I don't know what's up with the Ford family. I I don't get it. It's just they. It, he, honestly, my, my overall take is less about ownership and more they consistently hire the wrong people. Consi- and they finally like it felt like they got it right a couple years ago. Not right, but Caldwell solid coach. They fired him. They hire Mariucci, and they get Matt Millen, and he's terrible. Like, can you just ever just hire a normal
0: coach? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save. And get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows.
2: Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin.
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Dave here. If Wentz sticks it up this year and doesn't feel like a number two overall pick, could that impact the draft stock of Trey Lance? Same school and position, and these two guys are the entire sample size. I would say no. I mean, Carson's already played pretty well. I mean, the year that he tore his ACL, he would have won the MVP, uh, or probably won the MVP. Last year, the last five or six games, I know it was against his division. He, he played fantastic, especially when you factor in. He was playing with me, you, and two other randoms. I mean, he was playing with three practice squad guys, and another guy from the AAF who's winning games so like I I, I think that here's the other thing players don't impact other players like past like five or six years so if I draft you and you're from Oregon and then three or four years later same type prospects coming out of Oregon I don't go well Carson didn't work out so this guy's not gonna work out one Carson's already hit he was a second overall pick He's been a starter from the moment he got in the league. He's proven he can take you to the playoffs. And I know those two years with Foles, he didn't play in the playoffs. But they were in the playoffs. Maybe the second Foles year, Carson wasn't that good. But the first year when they won the Super Bowl, Carson was fantastic. Carson was a huge, huge reason they had the number one overall seed. So I I actually think Carson, even if he were to have a down year, is already a positive. If I can get this guy to be Carson Wentz... Like, Carson, let's face it, Carson's biggest issue right now is injuries and not consistently being on the field. Now, you could say if we really wanted to dive in, I think sometimes, like, he needs to learn to take something off, some passes. Like, sometimes he'll throw a a fastball when the guy's 15 feet away. It's like, Carson, just throw him a changeup. It's like, that's what Rodgers and Russell and even Mahomes are great at. You don't always need to throw, you know, Max Scherzer heat to the dome. Just just throw a little changeup. And I, I think it's he'll get better, but he, but he's always injured in and out of the lineup, playing with different wide receivers. So, you know, he was a little inconsistent last year, but if Trey, if Trey Lance, I don't even think, is, are, is the uh, are North Dakota State even going to play this year? Like I saw today, the big sky. I don't know if North Dakota State's in the big sky. That's like Cal Poly, Montana, UC Davis. It's basically for us on the West Coast, like our – Second division D1AA. I know you guys have D1AA out there too, but D1AA is not a big deal out here. uh I, I went to a D1AA school, but no one went to our games. And I, I just think that if North Dakota State doesn't play, does that guy even come out? He's going to come out on one season. Now, a season, he, he didn't lose a game. He's like 70% passer. I mean, DJ, and I've heard a couple people say he's like the most talented guy. He's more talented or just talented as like Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what he'd do. It's kind of a complicated situation. That'd be a fascinating topic, but I don't, honestly, as I'm sitting here right now, August 6th, is he playing? I, I don't know. If I had to guess, if you said, do you think North Dakota State's playing football this year? I'd probably say no. Because Who are they going to play? All these teams that they normally play aren't playing. They were supposed to play Oregon week one. Well, that the Pac-12 canceled the game. So if their conference is canceled, their non-conference canceled, they don't have anyone to play. Maybe the guy should just hold workouts and put them on Instagram. I'd watch. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good weekend. Godspeed. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Hopefully, uh, Tiger could make a little run. I got a lot of money on guys like uh, Kepka, Tiger, and my guy Tony Finow Sleeper. Adios. Godspeed. Peace. See ya.
0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the
1: Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want